Hey everybody, welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5 reads, But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds, and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard these things. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and all those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel, and they sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this could come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about four hundred, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, 
Keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or their undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. For today's nugget of truth, I want us to focus in here on the opening story here in this chapter. And uh, honestly, it's one of those things that I don't look forward to reading each time I read through the book of Acts. I don't want to read about this instance or this situation that takes place because I don't want the similar things to be taking place in our churches or in our midst today. And so I think as we look at this lying to the Holy Spirit, it reminds me of the situations that could be taking place in our time. But first, let's look at the specifics of what we have here. And this gift that is offered is to be held in contrast with the gift that was offered by Barnabas at the end of chapter 4. Both individuals, or this individual and this husband and wife, have sold a piece of land and are giving those proceeds to the church. But Ananias and Sapphira here in this section have said that they're giving the fullness of what it is and said whatever that number is made it public, but instead of giving that are giving much less. And they are doing that to make themselves look good in the midst of others. And so as that is dealt with here in this situation, there's immediate judgment brought down upon these people in the church. And so that's kind of a scary thing when we think about the fact that these people are judged for the sin that they commit. And so that's something that makes us uncomfortable as we read through this passage. What if God dealt with all sins that way? What if he chose to bring the full penalty for any single sin that we have done? And it reminds us that but for the grace of God, that is what he's able to do. Each of our sins is deserving the fullness of the penalty of that sin. There's no easy, small sins or measures of sins or levels of sins, but all sins deserve that punishment of death. And but for the grace of God, we would experience that as soon as we sin. So God does not judge us fully for the sins that we have. But in this instance, he is very much concerned with the purity of his church. He's concerned with this institution that is just forming and making sure that people understand that he wants to still judge them for their sins, as well as grow them and love on them and display mercy in their midst. And so this example is something that is used to teach this early young church. As we look here in verse 5, it says, "...and great fear fell down on these people because of what they had heard." And then again, in verse 11, we see that great fear falls upon the whole church and for all the people that heard about these things. And so that fear is not supposed to be a crippling fear, but it's supposed to be that fear or that awe and reverence of who God is, as he's displaying his justice in judging sin, as he's displaying his righteousness in the standard that he has for his people. And that actually continues to grow the church in the midst of this situation that's taking place. But it's a reminder to us about the dangers of hypocrisy in what we're doing. And I think that that's a sobering thing to think about, that these people, they wanted to look good in the eyes of other people. And so they weren't honest about what was really taking place and what they were doing for the Lord. And so I think that that's something that always weighs heavy on me to say, hey, I hope that and I pray that by God's grace, 
that the expressions of my faith are honest reflections of who I am. And so my desire is to continue to be in the Word, to grow with Him daily, to continue to grow each day in my love for Him and my expression of that love. But I know that there are times when the expressions of my faith and there are times when I might be just seemingly going through the motions because I am not as connected to God as I should be and I've failed to do certain things to make my disciplines growing in the Lord. And so I think that it's a constant reminder every time I get here to Acts chapter 5 about my constant need for God, my constant need for His grace, my constant need for Him and His Spirit to be active in my life, lest I become like these people, lest I become a hypocritical Christian who has no true foundation to the expressions of faith that are on display for public. For today's question, we're going to focus in on the two strange men that are mentioned here in verses 36 to the end of the chapter, Theodos and Judas the Galilean. When we look at these two people, they were both people who made uprisings that took place. One of them, Judas the Galilean, we know quite a bit about what is there because of what's written here. During the same census that we have recorded in Luke chapter 2, we see that this man, Judas the Galilean, rose up and drew away people after him, and he was perished and scattered. And so we have a specific time for that place. We understand then by looking at some other sources that they were trying to overthrow the Roman power there in Palestine, and they even sought to take up arms against Rome and to fight against that nation. And he is considered to be the the founder of the first century group called the Zealots, who were Jews who really wanted to restore the Jewish nation back to its glory and back to its supremacy is what they saw. So they were these fanatics, these crazy religious people who were so focused on what they were doing that they were willing to fight and do many things for that. And so we know a little bit here about Judas the Galilean, but let's contrast this with this person, Theodos. There's one person who writes about Theodos outside of the scriptures and outside of this reference right here, and that's a man named Josephus who wrote a lot of different things about the history of the Jewish people. The problem here is Theodos and the revolt that Theodos is supposedly responsible for happens in about 45 AD based upon the reference that Josephus uses, but this speech would have been made prior to that at somewhere around 37 AD. And so what do we do with that when we only have one person writing about this person in that situation? The first thing that's important for us to note is that this person may not be that same person. In fact, we see that name Judas. Judas was a very common name for people to be using at this time, especially those who were from families that had this strict nationalistic thought for the nation of Israel because of a man named Judas Maccabees who had been a major revolter previously in their history. And so many times they named their kids Judas, hoping that they would become in the same form as Judas. That's why we see that name so many times here in the New Testament. So this Theodos that we read about, it may not be the same Theodos that Josephus is speaking to. Basically, it could be that there's another person who's named their child after this, hoping he will do a similar thing, cause the people to rise up, but this time to be victorious in that. Or it could just be that even Josephus made a mistake. So we're not really sure exactly what happens with this person. But the point of what Gamaliel is saying here is when these people rise up and it's just of human things, they will be crushed down. But if it's of God, just don't get in God's way. You don't want to put yourself against God. As he says in verse 39, you might even find yourself opposing God. So take care is the big message to pay attention, to focus on what is going to be happening for this people. And so they're called to not move to action, but to 
make sure that they're not putting themselves up against God. So as we think through that, maybe that was the question that you're looking at, trying to figure out who these people are that are mentioned that we don't really see in other places in the scriptures. And so if that was your question, that's good because you're understanding the scriptures and viewing them as a totality and seeing those things that are important here in this section and where they might be coming from other places. And hopefully you're growing in your understanding of all of God's word. And we pray that you find a question for you to research more, to look into more so that you grow in that understanding of who God is. Know today you were loved. You're-